Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Filmmaking Sucks, the podcast. Oh, I gotta remember how to do this again. Eh, <laughs> good enough. Okay, Filmmaking Sucks, where you, we tell you about all the mistakes you can make while producing a film and explain how you can avoid them yourselves. Wow, you actually still have the original? I have the original, yeah. How did you pull that? Wow, I don't even know where that is in my messages anymore. You can search your messages I'm now. I'm sure I can, but wow. I'm your host, Manny. And I'm Lindsay. And uh, this is off to a great start so far. <laughs> Sorry, guys, we're a bit rusty. Mm. I hope yeah. you're still listening. I hope you're still following. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we, we missed most of October and, and November because... Damn, we've been everywhere. We've been all over the place. Yeah. Uh, this should be the first episode back. Pretty sure it's going to be. It might be the second episode back. You never know what's going to happen. You never happen. know. Yeah, we're just um, we're just going to... We're, 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 usually we record week to week, but as we've seen, we get pretty backed up pretty fast. So, um, yeah, so we're going to try and do shorter episodes mm-hmm. so that we can do more episodes. Exactly. Rather than covering huge topics in an hour and a half, I'm going to try to cover more specific topic in half hour to 45 minutes or so. That's the goal. That's the goal. I mean, that was the goal when we first started. <laughs> when we first started, the goal was- I think that's part of our mission statement. Was, yeah, 30-minute episodes. And uh, that didn't work out. We so. went off the rails on that real fast. So we're going to try to get back to doing that because obviously, because again, the, this- doing a two-hour show every week. Well, we record two hours. We record 90 minutes or so. Yeah. 90 minutes to two hours. Doing that every week becomes daunting. Daunting. Yeah. It's a task. Yeah. It's a task it's, coming it's, up. It's work. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm going to be honest. I got a little tired of it because it was so long because we did so much. Yeah. So much So much research and things went into it. I just got tired of it. I get a little it. research heavy. I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that's fine. So so we're going to try and cover more specific topics. Mm-hmm. And, and we're going to share some lessons that we've learned along the way. Yeah. Because um, that's what essentially this is. This is learning for you guys, learning for us, mm-hmm. and um, us sharing. Yeah. We've learned a lot this year. We've done a lot of learning this year. Yeah, we have. Um, if we count the monthly screenings that we've gone to <laughs> yes because we've gone to the monthly ones at nears tavern mm-hmm. um we've done nine of those this year yep eight or nine of those plus 12 film festivals that we've been to wow yes so that's a uh, one and a half that's 21 or 20. so 21 21 different film events. festival events film festival style events we've been to this year and we have at least two more, technically three, because of the flea market. Yeah. Which is not really a film event, but all of our film people will be there, and that's going to be a big, it's going to end up being a powwow for Macabre Fair. Yeah, it is. Which is in January. So we have the, um, we have the Krampus Festival mm-hmm. this Friday, as of this recording, yeah. Friday, Friday, December 1st in Asbury Park, New Jersey, Yeah, where our short uh, Grub Bomb Krampus will be screening. And it's very interesting. They actually reached out to us. They found us on Vimeo mm-hmm. and uh, asked for the film, which is 
very, very awesome feeling. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird how they found it too, like randomly. Like, wow, I don't think we've we screened that like maybe two or three times in mm-hmm. total since we made it. What three years ago? Four years ago? Three or four, yeah. You know that was that one was kind of a sleeper. Yeah. We didn't do much with that. No, it was a forty-eight hour. It was thing. very specific. It was it's a kind of yeah. it's kind of like when you have a Powerpuff line in there. It's like, um, yeah, I wouldn't have chosen to wrote that line. Yeah, so. Um, so we have that December 1st. We'll be yep. there. We'll be at that festival. Mm-hmm. So that's December 1st in Asbury Park. The Kramp- Krampus Asbury Park Festival it's, is the thing. It's a it's Friday a and thing. Saturday thing. It's a big Krampus. They have a big, a big parade. Yeah, where on the Saturday. Kramp- the parade Krampus in the marketplace on Saturday and everything. And yeah, so we may or may not go to that depending on how we're feeling. Yeah. Um, so we have that coming up. Uh, yeah. Then we have the possible final screening For Theta States, which is the next Wednesday, December 6th, right? Yes. Yes, December 6th at 8.30 p.m. in... um, Tianek. Tianek. Tianek, New Jersey. And this one's in a movie theater. That's that's really cool. That's really cool. We have our final uh, Theta screening in a movie theater. That's nice. Yeah, spending lots of time in movie theaters. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. So we'll be there the 6th, and I'll be there on the 7th. I will not. Unfortunately, you have to work. I have a job. Yeah. Day job blues. This is my job, I guess. I just wish it would pay me. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, okay, so we have Theta States there. Yeah. Then that weekend, that's Wednesday and Thursday. Yes. Then that weekend is the haunted flea market Mm -hmm. in, I wanted to say Ronkonkoma, but it's not Ronkonkoma. Old Old Bethpage. Old Bethpage Village, yes. Yes, the Old Bethpage Village in Long Island. And Mm -hmm. we're there, that's the 6th, 7th, 8th, the 9th and the 10th, Mm -hmm. Saturday and Sunday, we're going to be there. Um, You'll be making a Krampus. I'll be making a Krampus. We'll be running a table, we'll be there with a bunch of our friends who also have, so if you're in Long Island, uh, come on out to that, that's a cool last minute. I guess uh, they have a lot of Christmas do-it-yourself shipping. Yeah, uh, Christmas homemade, shopping. handmade mm-hmm. um, items. I think Harsha Jack will be there. He Harsha makes will fangs. Be there. So if you know anybody, if you want fangs, makes for, fangs and sells bloody teddy bears and bloody teddy bears. Mm-hmm. So who doesn't want that for Christmas, really? Yeah. So we'll be there that whole weekend. So um, and then we have Macabre Fair coming up in January. Yep. Um, and Martin Luther King weekend. Yeah. So where second and, weekend, I believe. I don't know. Yeah, I believe it's the second weekend of January. Oh, God, the and Beneath will be screening there. Yes, it will. Beneath, which has been doing very well. Yes, it has been. We've just premiered that at New York Shorts. Yes. And the big news of that is we walked away with Best Horror Short. Yes, you did. <laughs> Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. You won Best Horror Short. I'm like officially like an award-winning filmmaker now. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, and then we did, and then and then we had Beneath screened at the Axe Wound Film Festival. Which in, was incredible. In Battleboro, Vermont. Okay, I'm going to talk to the ladies for a minute. Mm-hmm. Ladies, if you have a film that has the slightest, littlest bit of horror, send it to Axe Wound because it's completely worth it it is an amazing weekend you know i've read the reviews i've heard from a ton of people how incredible the film festival is um does not describe no no does not describe it's an amazing weekend you i've met so many incredible women strong women smart women women who love horror um just an incredible i I really have no other word besides incredible awesome mind-blowing um life-altering if I could be in love with a film festival, 
This would be the one. This is the one. This is the one. This is the one. Leave me for for, for them for I the might. film festival. I might. Thanks. I did get a swag bag, so you know, come on now. Yes, you did get a swag bag. <laughs> yes, you did. Um, but yeah, absolutely incredible. Um, and uh, so many great, great films. Um, Entropia was one amazing one. Mm-hmm. Um, not for the squeamish, <laughs> <laughs> but completely worth seeing it. Uh, Bride of Frankie was adorable and amazing, but I love everything Frankenstein. Um, God, I can't even. Mare from Nicole, Nicole at Four Solomon. Mile Circus. Yeah. Uh, another really cool one. Very similar. It's very, has the same creature as Theta States, which was yeah. cool. Unfortunately, I missed it because yeah, I had did. to run out to feed the meter <laughs> of all the moments. It played right after Beneath. So I waited for yeah. Beneath and got to the meter with like a minute to spare. And uh, as we had been there all, we had been there for the weekend. Oh, we had been there. Uh, uh, we had gotten pulled over the f- uh, got pulled over <laughs> the first night. You know, they see those New York plates in Vermont and they just like, get them. Get them. Just descend it's, on it's us. midnight so. in Vermont. What are yeah. you doing here, New Yorker? Yeah. So I didn't want to take any chances. So unfortunately, I... I missed Mare, uh, but... Uh, it was really good. Okay. I'll take your word. Um, oh, the devastating one that you also missed. <laughs> uh, Cowboys and Indians. Oh, yeah, I missed that one, That's too. That's a brutal one. Um, beautifully brutal. Another one I was feeding the meter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> stupid meters. I missed, I missed all of three films in the yeah. whole weekend, so... I think that's pretty of the whole yeah. the whole two days. I think I missed three films, so I think we're okay there. Yeah, but you know, yeah, Axwin is one of my new favorite film festivals. I know I shouldn't say that, but why not? You liked it. You liked, I liked it. it. Yeah, that's run by Hannah Neurotica, yes. who's awesome too. She's incredible. Yeah, that was really cool. It was, it was really cool being being in a being in a a little a nice um, a festival of you know creative and strong. Um, poignant and women who have who have something to say you know films that are just that are not just horror films but they actually have like social yeah social significance and commentary to them which was really which was really good to see people who are making horror films more than just for the fun of it like they love horror films but they want to make films with the message you know i think it's something they want to say it touches us i think because you know when we actually started making movies we were under another name Mm-hmm. Um, we went under Sedition Inc. Films. Films. Um, and uh, we're very about political horror when we first started. We yeah. wanted to do horror uh, with a political message behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we just decided just to go for a more broad. More traditional horror. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of lost the political message. I of think things. you kind of get burned out if you, that's yeah. really what you want to like only focus on. Yeah. It becomes, it becomes difficult to keep. Yeah. And it feels and it feels tired and it feels forced. I got tired of being so angry. Yeah, that too. That's what it was. I really got tired of being angry all the time. And it's like a lot of that political, uh, a lot of the political and, and social message comes from anger or unrest or, you know, something that you want to change in the world. And I just like me personally, mm-hmm. I just felt like. It was eating you up inside. It was. It really was. Yeah. <laughs> when you when when you breed a lot of anger. And negativity, I find that negativity finds you. Yeah. Oh, totally. And when you open yourself up to be more positive, um, positivity finds you. Good Mm -hmm. things find you. Yeah. Good people find you. Yeah. So nothing wrong with having a political message. Not at all. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing. Uh, Just just wasn't wasn't for me. Wasn't for me. You have 
messages in your films. I do. You have messages. But you generally make a film when you have something to say. Yeah. Otherwise, you prefer. Yeah. I, I usually, like I said, all weekend, I, was, I would just stay it for about three years. <laughs> and then I yeah. finally put pen, pen to paper yeah. and get it done. Um, so. But yeah. So that was fun. It was awesome. That was a good fun weekend. We had all those, lots of events. So as you we were saying, um, we learned a lot this year. Yes. Well, we've been to a lot of panels, a lot of festivals, a lot of met a lot of other filmmakers, talked to a lot of people, mm-hmm. and getting a lot of perspective on not just, um, not just filmmaking in general, but on why people make films and how they make films. Yep. How they get their films made is a big part of one of the thing, one of, a big big thing that we've learned this year that. As I've said plenty of times to other people that there is no right or wrong way. It's only your way. Yeah. And that's all that matters is your way of getting it done. And a lot know? of times it's circumstance. It's um, luck. I hate yeah. to say luck, but just being in the right place at the right time yeah. with the right energy and the right project. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just one of those where sometimes a film has to – you could struggle to, and fight to get it to, to push and push and push to get it done. And it just doesn't seem to happen. Maybe it's not the right time for you to do that movie. Yeah. You know, uh, sometimes I, we had, I it had seems entirely... a little crazy, but, um, films are living things. Yeah. Um, and it sounds super crazy and just stick with me guys. Um, a film is a living thing. A film is, is all the energy and the time that you, you and your crew put into it. And it really does manifest. Um, and films do have a right or wrong time. Yeah. Um, Sometimes a film is trying to tell you that you don't have all the right ingredients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. When we first started, um, right before Theta States, I was hell bent on making a cult film. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like a cult following film. I mean like a movie about some type of cult. Yeah, you are. And the uh, Theta State, the, the idea for Theta hit me. And during my first draft, my first my first day of writing, as I remember, as I've said a couple of times, it's I wrote it in three days. Mm-hmm. Um, the first day of writing, uh, I got about thirty-five pages of it done. <laughs> a lot. But in that thirty-five pages, the idea for the cult was bleeding into it, mm-hmm. and it was very different. In that, you know. But as I was writing it, after that first day, I sat on it and I left it for about two or three months that first day. Then I went back to it after about two months. I started it in February or March or so, and then I come back to it in May or early June. Sounds about right. I think I came back to it, and I reread it, and the cult thing was just too big. Like it was too big. It wasn't. So I took the whole cult idea out of it. You know, it was very much. It was very much in that stir of like stir of echoes. The scenes in stir of echoes where the where 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 Kevin Bacon's wife finds that group of people who are suffering from the same thing he is, and you know, and they they have like a and I was kind of going in that route with it, mm-hmm. and it was just too big. It was just too. I was like, I just. It was going in a whole different direction. There wasn't enough story. There was too much, too many characters, not enough story. So I cut all that out, and I decided to focus on the main character. And then the rest of Theta States came out. Now I'm still dying to do a cult idea, but it just wasn't the right time. Yeah. You know, um, 
we're kind of going a little off the rails right now as well. <laughs> but um, but the whole point is knowing when to make your own, knowing when when is the right time to make that movie you have the idea for. You know, you may have one idea and you may really, but it's just not coming together. Yeah. You know, um, maybe try something different, something smaller, you know, and... Um, and I mean, it's all about holding on to the concept um, that you came up with and really, really knowing your concept, knowing if the concept is right for this time mm-hmm. or where your mindset is, where you are creatively, where yeah. you are financially. Yeah. Are um, you trying to force the idea out is yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah. Are you trying to force this idea because you're just in love with doing something like this and in the process of forcing out this idea, mm-hmm. are you blocking yourself from other ideas right you know louis does that louis did this a couple of times he was really really wanted to do a siege film he's mm-hmm. always wanted to do oh yeah he has. a siege movie and i can't tell you how many ideas he went he's had that he throws a siege in the siege <laughs> comes you know it just it just seeks seeps back in there because he really wants to do one and it's like well maybe you just don't have the right concept for it yeah you're trying to take all the other ideas you have and trying to turn it into a siege movie and it's like but they're not right for it yeah. like you need one that's going to start the, the the concept begins as a siege film. Yeah, you know, and anybody who doesn't know what uh, if you don't know a siege film is Assault on Precinct Thirteen is a siege movie. You know, where you have a bunch of the, some group of people trying to get into a home. You know, like uh, Night of the Living Dead is technically a siege movie. A bunch of people are Trapped holed up in yeah. one house trying to keep the invading force out. Yep, that's a siege film. Okay. And he's always wanted to do something like that. So he went through three or four different scripts. He still hasn't done one yet but he will you know i think yeah. he finally realized like all right stop trying to force it and just it'll come to him naturally one day you know and 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 okay so now what we're trying to lead into is when we were at new york shorts mm-hmm. we sat down uh we were we sat down we were there for a panel which yeah. was run by rob margolis Rob Margulies. Yes. Yeah. Rob Margulies. Uh, what was his film? I don't remember the name of his film. Uh, he did a panel. She Wants Me is his second film that he was mostly discussing during the Okay. Lecture. And he was discussing um, how to get your feature film made. Yep. Um, and I think that a big part of how to get your film made is whether or not it's the right time to make that film. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the advice he had on this panel really goes in line with that. Like whether or not the concept is complete in your head. Yeah. His, or... his big theory, mm-hmm. and I wrote this down because it's fantastic. Um, how you make a successful feature, a feature yeah. that sells well. You have the right concept in the right genre with the right producer and the right actor in the right role with an economic budget shot on a tight schedule with a limited crew. Okay. That is his formula to success. Okay. One more time. Have the right concept. So the right concept. In the right genre. Uh-huh. With the right producer. Yep. And the right actor in the right role. Mm-hmm. With an economic budget. Shot on a tight schedule with a limited crew. So that's his combination lock. That's his combination lock. Okay. And I think that that's what lends to what we're saying here. That it has to be the right concept yeah concept is 
where it begins. Yeah. So you need the right concept and you can't... In the right genre. In the right genre. Which is kind of what we were talking about with the siege not being right for the particular story you're trying to tell. Exactly. And genre is more than just horror and sci-fi. Well, yeah, I don't know. See, sci-fi... And I argue that sci-fi is not a genre. It's a setting. Yeah. Because you can have a million types of sci-fi films you know, but it's not a genre in and of itself. It is a setting of a genre. You can have sci-fi horror, sci-fi comedy, sci-fi drama. You know, Flatliners is a sci-fi. Theta States is a sci-fi. Videodrome is a sci-fi. Uh, Mr. Robot is a sci-fi. Right. So definitely know your genres. Yes. You know, know the story you're trying to tell. I think yeah. we, we covered that in previous episode. Um, the film festivals of knowing your film. Um, so back to Rob. Yeah. Um, Rob raised $150,000 for his first feature film. And via, how did he do that? Um, in mean, different. what was his mean? Uh, it was private investors. Okay. So he went around and pitched to mm-hmm. people? Yep. Okay. And he finds that, you know, like most people, when, when you're raising funds, you have to, you, you get momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more momentum. Now, um, quick question. Yeah. Um, when he pitched to people, is this like... Because I don't, I I honestly don't remember what he said. Um, was he pitching to like film producers or just people he knew that he that had just money? people he knew for the big for the first one, just people he knew for the first for his for first, first film film. Yeah. Well, this one specifically was. You said this is for his second film. Um, this one was more people in the industry. Okay. So what happened so with his first one? His his movies. first one, which is what I said, you know, be a film can sometimes just be in the right place at the right time yeah. in front of the right person. Um, he did a film festival in wine country, California, Sonoma, some Sonoma, Sonoma Valley. Yep. Okay. Um, and there just happened to be a billionaire in the audience. He was uh-huh. intended to be of this film festival just happened to be there. Yeah. Um, he liked it so much. He bought the film outright. Okay. Um, which means that all of the money, his first investors, Mm-hmm. Um, gave him, he was able to pay them back. Yeah. And because they got the money back when they weren't expecting it, they rolled it into the second feature. Okay. So he had something to start off with. Yeah. So he had a really good starting point. Okay. Um, then he was able to do kind of what we talked about with development funds. So I, I was going to ask that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. for so for instance, let's say he made his first movie for $10,000 yeah. and this guy bought it outright for $10,000. He paid all his investors back. Yep. Then, okay, I have a second movie. Well, you just gave us our money back that we thought was lost. Yep. Here's that $10,000 right back. Yep. Go make another one. And he used that as? Development funds. So to start off. Yeah. So he got himself a casting agent, just a week we've talked about. Um, and he was able to get some name actors. Okay. Um, I don't remember who they were. Um, now this is for the second movie. For the second. Okay. Yeah. Which is She Wants Me. I don't okay. think it's out yet. I believe. I, no, if I, I remember know. properly. Um, but because of the development funds that he had and the really good nest egg, because he mm-hmm. already had skin in the game. Sounds like it was more than $10,000, but whatever. It was 150 okay. No, no, for the first movie. 150 Oh, okay. He raised 150 for his first one. He paid off $150,000 oh, back. For... So he had 150000 starting point. Gotcha. By getting name actors into, well, not name actors, not A-listers, a but, but like yeah. solid actors yeah. um, onto the film, signed onto the film. He was able to raise another... Um, he, his final budget was $400,000. Okay. So he raised two, another $250,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he started with the first, with the initial 150, yep. used that to develop Yep. and then raised another 
250 yep. on top of that yep. for the second movie. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. So that's just sort of a, a look into how his films were made. Uh-huh. Um, so that's how his films got started. That's how his films got started. He is working. He's a working director now. Uh-huh. Um, so he does have projects that he's been brought on as a director. All right. Um, these are just, I believe, his two films that he's worked on himself that are his, are his own. Okay. Um, so that's a little bad behind the, about him. I'm sure you can find him on. I'm sure. Yeah, Rob Margulies. I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure you can find him. Um, Even before we did the. Before we did the panel, before we watched the panel, um, I recognized his name. Yeah. Like, I didn't know what he made, but I recognized the name. Yeah. So. So, here's some of the advice that he gave out on his panel. Um, number one, which is what we kind of touched on already, is have a good concept. Mm-hmm. This starts with the logline. Be able to sell your movie in one sentence. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's essential for pitching. Yeah. You know, you you only have about thirty seconds of somebody's attention. Mm-hmm. If you can grab it with a really great log line, yeah. You know, people are gonna want to. It's gonna get them. Engaged. Okay, I want to see this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, some of his advice was attracting actors. You know, um, the better the actor, the better the film. Mm-hmm. Sort of. And then we. Um, and how do you attract those actors? And how do you attract those actors? Um, I'm asking. Okay, his his <laughs> two, his two, his two bits of advice were um, one: if you're making a character study uh-huh. story, something that that focuses on the character, the character has a very solid arc mm. um, that really lets the the actor kind of play a wide range of emotion yeah. um, that's very appealing towards actors because they feel like it'll help them shine. He had, he had an example. I forget what it was, but like, like, like Daniel day Lewis playing uh, Lincoln. Yeah. You know, like that's something now, besides the fact that it's Lincoln. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. He did. He talked about, you know, if you could make a film about Gandhi, if you could make yes. a film about that's um, yes, exactly. He had those, those examples. That's yeah. what I couldn't remember. Yeah, if you want to make a film about Gandhi, if you want to make a film about somebody who changed the world, a well-known mm-hmm. figure, um, and the struggles they go through, and the through. struggles yeah. they go so through, you're going to have their their triumph. You're going to have their sadness. You're going to have their loss. Their breaking point. Yes, yeah. you're going to have all of that, and that's a range. Yeah, every actor wants to do. They want to get their. They want to get their teeth. Yeah, into something that's going to show everything they can do in one movie. Yep. Yep, so yeah. that's one way. Another thing which is more um, relevant to us, creature stories. Okay. There are actors out there who want to play monsters, who want yep. to play creatures, who think it's very interesting. Um, these are the type of actors who like body movement, mm-hmm. who have studied very body physical, movement, yeah. very physical actors. Um, they are going to be extremely intrigued on playing a monster, um, playing a creature. So those are two really, that was good news for us Something in the audience. with a creature, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I know, we know we know a couple actors who who want to who like doing that stuff and 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 that's also prevalent. Is that the word? I don't yeah. know, it's, it's popular now because cosplay is a thing. Yeah, cosplay is a huge. Thing. A lot of actors do enjoy cosplays. Yeah. Become a thing now. Yeah, you know. So if you have a costume for somebody to oh, wear, I mean, even even Mark, Marcus Marcos, mm-hmm. um, we talked him into doing the Ripper for Blood Slaughter yeah. because he's a cosplayer. Yeah. So he was comfortable in a mask. He was comfortable in a costume. Mm-hmm. He knew how to move with the limited eyesight. Yeah. He already knew. Yeah, and he, I mean, he had taken martial arts, so he was really good about blocking things and being mm-hmm. able to handle people safely yeah um so those are a really great resource yeah so Um, if you're making a low budget movie 
you're making a no budget movie and you have a friend that likes cosplay, consider making them your creature or yeah. your killer, something in a mask, yeah. something where they have to wear this getup. Because the truth is, um, it's uncomfortable, honestly. It's very uncomfortable. I can't stand it. No. I hate, uh, even when we do Halloween, when we used to go out for Halloween no. and I'd wear a costume, if anything that was on my face just drove me insane. I'd get about an hour and that's it. Take it off. I'm done. No. I, I didn't wear a mat. I couldn't stand a mask. But it's a lot of anything. fun too. I've I've now played, I've played a creature a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, for us, I played Death. I played Sasquatch, which was super fun. Yeah, but those were like... Real little quick, little things. yeah. I yeah, wasn't, I wasn't like, in it all time, but I mean, working in the haunted house, did. I was, con- I was, I would often be in makeup for like eight hours, so mm-hmm. I can, I can understand how difficult and annoying yeah. it can be. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. But it is a lot of fun to play a monster. Yeah, but Ooh, one time I played a CDC agent and I was like in full <laughs> painter. That was a lot of fun. I had a Geiger counter. <laughs> Yeah, find find one of your cosplay friends. Yeah, somebody who's really even your friend. Like, if you're this is your first feature, find your friend who goes crazy from their Halloween costumes mm-hmm. and get them involved. Yeah, you you got to realize that they're going to probably be in this costume for anywhere from six, eight, ten hours at yeah. a time. So you need somebody who's totally cool doing it. Yeah, you know, a couple of our friends who do cosplay. Yeah, I don't know how they wear. They sweat no. and die in that costume, yeah. but they're totally fine doing it because they just love it. Yeah. Me, again, an hour and I'm done. Yeah. So somebody who can wear a costume, who can go to a Comic-Con for three days and wear an annoying costume. Oh, that's... God, if they if they change their costume every day, oh, yeah. that's the you type know? of person yeah. that you want. Exactly. This is the person <laughs> you want to play your creature. So. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Uh, other examples of uh, working with actors, mm. um, you know. He he worked with bigger actors on his second film. Um, so. So. Sorry, I got distracted. Um, so he said for your first feature film, of course, don't bother with any actors in the big agencies. If they're in. The William Morris yeah. agency. Yeah, don't bother with them. Now, now yeah. here's the thing. If you're going to have. Now, we're also talking about people with a little bit of a budget here. Yeah. You know, $400,000 sounds like a freaking gold mine to us. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like a gold mine to most of the people probably <laughs> yeah. listening to the show. $400,000 for a, for a feature. For Let's a feature. do this. Oh, my God. That'd be amazing. Yeah. But the truth is, it's really nothing. No, when you start working with, with larger names and you're paying everybody on your crew mm-hmm. um, a, a wage, a yeah. daily rate, yeah. um, I mean, you we... have insurance, you have uh, you know all the particulars that you need. If you start getting into SAG actors... Yeah. Um, you know, it's a whole different ball mm-hmm. game and that, that money goes away mm-hmm. quick. I mean, we know people who've done, you know, 15, 20 minute short films that have ranged in budget anywhere from, you know, ours, we did brain people for what, $2,000 and it's yeah. a 54 minute movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, we did mastectomy was also $1,200 and it's an eight minute movie. Yep. But we know people who've done. Uh, thirty-minute shorts mm-hmm. for you know twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, we do. Other people who've done thirty-minute shorts for a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. You know, so it's uh, all it's a, it, it's very much the crew that you're working with, the mm-hmm. cast that you're working with, and and the scale of the idea that you're trying to convey. Yeah, um, it all depends. But this is what I say with the actors, mm-hmm. specifically toward the actors. Um, you're talking about getting a casting agent. And that casting agent is going to know mm-hmm. who to not, don't bother, don't yeah. waste your time. Because even if they are interested in the script, 
it's going to shoot your budget through the, through the roof. Yeah, you know you, you and and when you're when you're talking about a casting agent, you're also talking about a lawyer who's mm-hmm. gonna who's gonna deal with contracts. Yeah, um, you're also talking about an accountant. Yep, um, who's gonna handle all of all of the behind the scenes complicated financials yeah. that we're just not qualified. Yeah, to you're do. talking ten thousand dollars to pay these people yeah. for the course of your film. Yeah, each right one there. for a retainer. Yeah, you know? so yeah, so we're looking at we're talking about a little bit more of a budget here. Yeah, people who have a little bit more. So, but I mean, so he said, you know, instead of focusing on the on on anybody who's in one of these larger agencies, find an actor who's a working actor, mm-hmm. um, somebody who just makes his living doing TV shows, commercials, corporate videos, whatever, because you never know when that person may or may not become big. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, you know, he said, you know, don't be afraid. Send your script. Reach out to them. You know, the worst is that they, worst thing they can say is no. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the times, he's found that if he can find an, a working actor who really gets behind the project, who really likes your 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 uh, mm-hmm. your concept, they're they may or may not be willing to work closer and closer to scale. Yeah. Um, which is much more affordable. Yeah. Than would typically be. Which is like two fifty a day. Yeah. Or so. Yeah, about two hundred fifty dollars a day. Yep. Um, he says, now, if you do actually get a name actor, a big name that you're paying for, shoot them out as quickly as possible. Get them in, get them out. Limit them to one day and three scenes. Mm-hmm. Do not waste them with one scene. Yeah. You know, get them into three scenes that take place throughout the movie yeah. so that they're not just like, oh, they showed up for one day. It's not clearly obvious to your audience. A friend of ours got um got um uh, 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 Ernie Hudson yep. in his movie. And he made the deal. If I can shoot you out. Get you done in three days. Yeah, Ernie Hudson was on the East Coast for uh, for two, two different conven- conventions. Two different conventions, mm-hmm. and he had five days in between the two. He had yeah. the Monday through Friday between the weekends. Yeah. So he got him in for two or three days yep. for a flat rate for those couple of days, yep. and shot all his stuff right then and there. Now his now his scenes are peppered throughout the movie, so it's not all one big scene. Yep. He's got a couple of scenes, so it looks so honestly, it looks like he was there for the production of the film. Right. He's got a scene in the beginning, scenes near the end. He's he's peppered throughout, and he made the most of his character. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how you do it. Yeah. You gotta you gotta you basically have to rearrange your entire schedule. To go around them because really they're the most expensive thing. You don't want to bring them in and have them done in three hours. And, you know, when they're willing to do an eight or 10 hour day, why, why knock them out in three hours? Do, do add film extra scenes, yeah. <laughs> write something new for them to do. Yeah. yeah. You know, especially because the fact that these people have done so many films, mm-hmm. they can ad lib very well. Yeah. You give them a scene, say here, we just wrote this last night, we're going to do this scene, and they can probably improv their way through the scene. They don't even have to have it memorized. They've done so much, they could just pull from something they did 20 years ago. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, other bit, bit of really good advice, do not negotiate with actors yourself. Um, mm-hmm. Get a casting agent or an experienced producer to do mm-hmm. the negotiations for you. They can get you actors at a fraction of, of, of the price that you can. Because yeah, they know what they should be yeah. getting paid and what they shouldn't be getting paid. They know what their, what their market value is worth. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, an, agent is, an agent's job, and uh, the actor's agent's job, is to get their client paid as much as possible. Yeah. Um, your casting agent does not see this actor as making or breaking your movie. You, as do. the filmmaker, do. Because yeah. you feel like, oh my God, I got this person. There's no way I'm going to get and, it. And the last thing you want to do is lose some. You lose your dream actor over a couple hundred dollars, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So they can negotiate them down or say, you know what? They're not going to budge. I'll get, well, let's find somebody else. Yeah. 
they know how yeah. to do that and to they, say, they, well, you know, yeah. and they, they can say a, to the a agent, professional um, per opinion yes. to add on to yes, this. Yes, exactly. Like, what value are they actually bringing? Yeah, they're not valuing the movie in the artistic medium that you are. I mean, they are because they love mm -hmm. doing this, but they're not looking at it as the passion project that you are. Yeah. They're looking at this. This is still business, and they know how to make that separation. Yeah. One thing he actually said, which is very interesting to me. Um, when you bring a sales agent onto your to your film, yeah, you know if this you, is before when you're first starting the film. When you're first starting, if you can bring a sales agent on to the beginning, the very beginning of your film, before yeah. you even shoot anything, yeah, that sales agent can take a look at all of your cast and your crew and the concept behind everything, and actually get, has a formula where he can calculate the value of your movie. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I said he, he or she. <laughs> I'm trying to improve on this. <laughs> Um, he or she can actually come up with a value, a budget of what your movie would be worth, what they think you could get back. To the marketplace. Back to, yeah, what yeah. value to your marketplace, what you could actually get back. Mm -hmm. um, which is really amazing information. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's how you make those educated decisions, you know, where you can talk to a casting agent and your lawyer and you can make, the, you can really see the difference of the numbers that a cast member may or may not make. Mm -hmm. So that was a really interesting little tidbit that he shared with us. Um, moving right along, um, if you're writing the script yourself, yeah, which is not, generally the case in this, yeah, <laughs> for first timers, yeah, do not shoot your first draft, draft, don't, don't do it. Um, put it on, put your script onto the blacklist or another script service to get an opinion and notes on your script. Mm -hmm. Um, keep rewriting, he says he finds it best to do at least six drafts, yeah. Um, <sighs> I found that this, a little much. This, but that's a little, yeah. It, I, I've, I've made. But when this, you're playing with four hundred thousand dollars, that's yes. true. Yeah, but I've, I've made this, I've made this to this argument in the past too, where um, Jordan Peele worked on Get Out. Mm -hmm. He worked on that script for six years, yeah. um, but um, uh, uh, John Hughes would write a script and they'd be in production a month later. I mean, he wrote The Breakfast Club in like three days yeah, and, and they started shooting literally less than a month after he finished the first draft. Yeah, and then he literally was writing scenes in the middle of the night and bringing it to set. So. Yeah, seriously. You know, yeah. I mean, he did, uh, what would the first one was, uh, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, move on, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Story for another but, time. But, you know, I, I agree. You know, I mean, I, I don't think you should shoot your first draft. No. Um, definitely have somebody take a look at yeah. it, even if you can't afford a script service. Uh, have your friend who's an English major. We all have at least one friend who's a freaking English major. Yeah. You know? Or thinks they're an English major. <laughs> or or studied who, English for a while. How about a friend of yours that just reads a just lot? Just reads a lot, yeah. Reads a lot. Yeah. Just like they pound through two, three, four books a week. Yeah. Just somebody who reads a lot, who's used to the flow of a story, who mm -hmm. can look at this and say, yeah, this isn't. It feels like it's missing something, and figure out what it's missing. You know, you, uh, another way to do it too is is a lot of a lot of people are you know you're using your friends as actors. You know, uh, a lot of the time you are. You know, um, as I again, I want to talk to the smaller budgets too. I don't want to just keep talking to, to all just the high budget people, but the small budget people you're using your friends as actors. One good thing is okay, you got your whole film cast. All right, you know, you know, your best friend's gonna play this. Her sister's gonna play this one. You know, you're, 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 this one. You know, you got the five or six cast members down already. Take your take your script. Get together with those actors and whoever's going to be your camera guy and whoever's working as your producer and your AD. Get your entire cast and crew together, and do do a roundtable reading. You do a table read, is what it's called. Hmm? 
And you have the actors just read through the script in their roles on a table and open it up and say, hey. What line uh, isn't working for you? Forget line, not even just line. In general, what of the of the script of the is not working for your character yeah what do you guys do you guys have any that's, imp- that's, improvements that's the beauty of an actor an actor is going to look um they're going to read the script for the general arc mm-hmm. of of you know where the story's going um but they're going to pay special attention to their one particular character yes. and the arc for their character mm-hmm. um so if you can work that's we all try and you know we say that you definitely should read your script from every perspective mm-hmm. No better um, way to do that than to have no better way to do that than to have the specialist who who's going to know this character in and out, yeah, um, to do it for you mm-hmm. or with you. Um, but you should definitely do it yourself because if that actor starts asking you questions and you don't have answers, you're in trouble. Yeah. We did that um, for Blood Slaughter. Yeah, we, we took did. Our, we took our three main actors and sat down for about three or four hours, yeah. and we all took notes. We made script adjustments right then and there. Yeah. All right. This is what I like that. I didn't like this. You know, I didn't think of this. I didn't think of that. Let's let's go in that direction instead because you know, even though even if they're inexperienced actors. They still have an opinion. They still on have what a perspective on the on the character that they're playing, and they're yeah. actually trying to put themselves in this character's shoes. Yeah, and you also want to be sure that they're seeing the character from the same perspective you want them to see too. Yes. That's the other part of it. It's yeah. not just it gets you are all on the you same wrong? Page. Yeah, are they wrong? Mm-hmm. Are they seeing the character as, um, you know, just temporarily down on his luck, mm-hmm. or has this character had years of? bad decisions in his life and he's not just like upset currently is has this affected his opinion his opinion of the world yeah and i think a constantly morose character yeah and i think you know in that blood slaughter table read we really developed a relationship um between our two lead cops Mm -hmm. you know they kind of weren't clear from the script it wasn't really in the script how they felt about each other yeah um so we were able to make some minor adjustments, um, but they were able to actually build that relationship and come to an understanding of how they view each other and kind yeah. of where they are in each other's lives. Mm-hmm. You know, are they the best friend cop yeah. partners? Are they, uh, you know, distant partners? Are they on two different, you know, mm-hmm. sides of it? Yeah. Or, you know, was one at the end of his career, one at the beginning? You know, these, these are all things that are really important for your actors to know and be able to bring mm-hmm. to set with them. Yeah, like uh, for a specific example of that, Fincher was the broken down cop after a decade of things not going his way. He's still a great cop. He's a great detective. He's very good at what he does. But his years of alcoholism has just destroyed him, you know, um, and his partner has watched him deteriorate. So he knows how good of a cop he could be. He just sees the cop he is today. Yeah. And that was a big part of their dynamic of how Cobb responds to Fincher. Like he's not just giving him crap over because he's his superior. Mm-hmm. It's 
a lot of the a lot of the scenes are kind of Cobb trying to kick him in the ass and say wrangle what's, him back what's, in. Yeah, yeah, not just not just looking down on him like like the 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 police chief yeah. is sick of his crap. Yeah, and he he's the one who berates him yeah. and pushes him down. Like you know you shouldn't even be part of this force. Yeah. but this partner who's been his partner for years is trying to kick him in the ass and say, hey man, look, I get you have problems. I understand, but you need to get yourself back up. And he's trying. He kept continually. He was pushing him to motivate him. Yeah. You know, to see what, what the problem was. And, and eventually and just went too far. That's a delicate line. And a lot of the lines could have read as berating. But, yes. You know, but having that dynamic between the two yeah. of them, it really helps unite them as a team. Exactly. He, he could have, uh, Cobb could have read it as, I don't like this guy. I don't want him to be my partner. Yeah. And I'm sick of his shit. Yeah. And he could be rolling his eyes at everything he does. Yeah. But the truth is, he's trying to hold him up. Yeah. Because he doesn't want him to yeah. fall. Yeah, because they had a defining night together that that really cost them both. Mm-hmm. And he, by understanding that history and the weight of that event, mm-hmm. really helped them understand how they were going to get along. Yeah. So yeah. So moving on. Table reads are great. Yeah. So do a table read. Get your characters and your actors into. Um, so these are just kind of some random notes that I took, um, really great ideas for, um, kind of getting the film made itself. Um, so crowdfunding, you know, he, he says his aren't, even his are not usually successful. Mm -hmm. Um, but the benefit that he's found with crowdfunding is that they're really great advertising. Oh yeah. Um, somebody will see it. Mm-hmm. If you push it hard enough, somebody will see it and somebody will contact you and give you money on the side. They may or may not do it publicly yeah. or as part of your campaign. But every time he's done a crowdfunding campaign, he has had somebody reach out to him and give him money on the side. Now, I'm I'm going to say, and we said this in our, pretty sure we said this in our crowdfunding episode, which is almost a year ago at this point. Yeah. But put into your budget of your crowdfunding mm-hmm. at least 10% of that budget like say you're asking for fifty thousand dollars at least five thousand dollars of that is going to go to advertising your campaign yeah which means you need to have that some of that money already in pocket it sucks but if you don't advertise and i mean buy ads on facebook buy them on twitter buy them on instagram on tumblr wherever you can buy ads pay those websites to to run it exactly pay web contact the webmasters of websites of websites that you believe have your and just ask them if there is a fee that they're willing to take to run an article on your crowdfunding okay and you give them the most detailed description every little bit Mm-hmm. That you Especially possibly if you have. have a name actor, or if yes. you have an amazing location or amazing concept, if you got the rights from mm-hmm. something, and you pay that website yes. to cover it, because you know what it it's it feels in the in this in this realm a lot, of, and I know a lot of guys who are like this, a lot of filmmakers, I say, guys, girls, whatever. I know a lot of filmmakers that are like this, where they feel that it's selling out, you know, and and all oh, we're going to pay for ads. I'm not paying for ads. Bullshit. That's how you get it out there. Yep. There's no way. You got to pay to play. Yeah, you have to. You know, you're talking about trying to get your film, your your crowdfunding campaign in front of, and this is just for America. Let's mm-hmm. say North America, just say America, United States, in the U.S. alone. You're trying to get your film into a good, por- in, in front of a good portion of 300 million people. Yeah, 
300 million people. That's what, this is your pers- per, uh, possible audience. Yeah, that's your possible pool of... How do you even break into getting the attention of 300 million people who are staring at the news feeds Mm -hmm. from each of them? Anywhere from 200 to 5,000 people posting daily. How do you get your film? How do you break into that? Yeah. How do you get your film noticed amongst that? that slew of it just watch twitter yeah. turn open open your twitter account one day and just watch it mm-hmm. refresh yep and see how quickly these this this occurs how fast yeah information goes by your film needs to be seen amongst all of that yep so by having a a website that has 500,000 followers mm-hmm. you know cover it they are they are one of those things that they're one of those websites they get 20 30 100 retweets for yeah. everything that they put up you want your film to be one of those 100 retweets yeah. because every one of those retweets is getting in front of another 2000 yeah. to 3000 people and and a lot of the times when something like that happens when one of our friends you know especially you know I know I do it you know one of our friends has uh, has a review or um you know, some sort of announcement that's attached to a larger website. Mm. I'm always happy to retweet and share that thing. You know, throw a little hashtag support indie film and toss it back out into the world. Because beyond just supporting our friends and the people we know, it's also our page that is now linked to that website's page. It's us. It's getting our name. You're seen as a supporter. Exactly. Yeah, and the people who run the website know that they see it yeah and i can't tell you how many just film festivals we share film festival stuff other film festivals yeah then share our stuff because yeah. the truth is they want us to notice them they want us to submit to them yeah, as they well want our fees. yeah yeah you gotta realize that that it, this, this is a this is a relationship goes both ways oh yes the two-way street for sure absolutely so um so if you're not going to go the crowdfunding route um and this is really good for our listeners um Another solution he came up with, if you're making a film in a small town, say you're not in New York City, you're not in L.A., you know, you're making this in Indiana or Kentucky, Louisiana. Battleboro, Vermont. Battleboro, Vermont. Um, Reach out to your local press. You know, reach out to your local newspaper. Um, You know, get your local community involved. The community will get behind you. Mm -hmm. If you reach out to your community and you're doing something special, there's a good chance that there's at least one person in your Mm -hmm. community who will reach out and support you as well. Yeah, Yeah. you're making a movie. That's something that people don't get to see every day. They want people want to be part of it because that's cool. It's just cool. It's cool. It's not that they they want to be famous. That's just really cool. I know somebody who made a movie. That's awesome. Yeah. That's I mean, it awesome. happens all the time. You know, I'll have a conversation with somebody in an elevator and they'll just be like, so what do you do? And I'll just say, yeah, I make horror movies on the weekend. Really? Yeah. They, the people just think it's cool. Like, yeah. you, that's to what you do? To meet someone who makes movies, yeah. it's a cool job. Like, yeah. if you met a magician. Yeah. Really? You're yeah. a magician? Yeah. And then they could show you a trick right oh, there? Oh, it. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're the coolest person they met. And the, the, you're the coolest person they you met made all their month. day. That was, that was a completely exactly. interesting day. You, you're a filmmaker. I made a movie. Yeah, it's on Amazon. You can pull it up. Oh, my God. You're the coolest person they met today. Yeah. You know, everybody wants, oh, that's awesome. That's more than the mundane everything. No matter how important their job may be, there's always something that they look at as that's really cool. Yeah. And filmmaking is one one of those those things things, that some people say that's the coolest. You're the coolest person I've met. Yeah. 
And, and 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 getting those relationships, you know, they may not be able to give you money, but if the local, you know, somebody at the local bar, the bar local bar owner says, oh, "That's cool, you're making a movie," you know, reach out to him. He said, "You know, think of having a fundraiser for your film. Mm-hmm. Get that back room. You know, you know, have people. You know, yeah. cover charge goes to you." Um, I've seen plenty of people do it. Actually, a lot of people do do fundraisers for their films. Yeah. Um, another option is to bring on sponsors. Like if mm. there's a local pro, local local brewery or a local beer, um, you know, even if there's especially maple syrup, now, especially yeah. now, there's so many local yeah. brewers. Yeah, you know, people who are making their own, and they see it as a, whoever sees your film is going to see their beer. Yeah. So it's it, it's definitely two hands helping one another. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are really great options. Now, interestingly enough, which I have never heard before, and you and I both were like, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was this is big news, guys. Um, big food companies like Domino's, Papa John's, Subway, um, even well out here in New York, the Magnolia Bakery, mm-hmm. they will donate food to feed your crew. Yeah. And literally, this is just... Never heard of this. Never heard of Don't this. Don't know anybody who's done it. No. But blew our minds. He said it. And he said two it, other people. And two people in the audience actually said, yes, I've actually done a Google search um, where I said, you know... Companies that will donate food to feed your crew. Yeah, and this is—I mean, if you have a twenty-person and under crew, we're talking. Yeah, we're not, we're not talking, talking a large professional crew. No, you're set. But. No, but I mean, most of us are going to have ten to ten to twenty people. I mean, yeah. including cast and crew. Mm-hmm. Papa John's um, will donate. Papa John's 10 subways. Pies. They'll 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 you know a couple pies. That's nothing to them, mm-hmm. especially because they're going to get special thanks in your you know, and you're building community spirit, which yeah. is how they see it. Yeah. The girl in the audience said she did a Google search and she literally found a form, and it took about three weeks. To get uh, to hear back from them, but mm-hmm. she absolutely got Subway and Papa John's to donate food to feed her crew. Yep, and mind blown. Didn't pay a cent. <laughs> didn't pay a cent. They donated money. They donated food, feed the crew for the day, and everybody ate wonderful with breadsticks and pizza and yeah. wings and salads, and everybody had plenty of food for the day. I mean, we've we've bought food, we've bought platters from Subway. I've had we known. Would have applied to Subway. Hey, we're going to be shooting block here yeah. in this in this area, yeah. and and then Subway, by the way, is a really really great easy co- company to work with catering wise. Even if they're not donating the food, yeah. it's super simple. It's like one form. You fill it out the day before. Mm-hmm. You know, you schedule a pickup for a certain time or the delivery for a pickup for a certain time, and you can get cookies and you can get salads and you can. And it's very it's easy very to work nice with. Yeah. yeah, it's very it nice, nice platter. platter bunch of different i mean i'm sure any of these big food companies yeah. any of these big fast food places have the same type of thing because they they cater all the yeah, time this yeah is get the catering them. menu it's great um so yeah moving on my last couple of things mm-hmm. um last couple of bits of advice are um this one made me laugh if you have a great concept if you really have this great idea shut up yes shut up <laughs> shut up about it don't <laughs> don't I, there's so many people yeah they're working on a script and they will post up. I'm working on a new script today, Facebook. Yep. Three months later, still working on that script. Yeah. Six months later, almost done with this script. Yeah. Jesus. At that point, not only are you annoying people, they're yeah. seeing you as. Well, what are you doing? Yeah. Anybody can work on a script for a year and a half, but the truth is that's how it gets done. Mm-hmm. Yes, it takes you a year. <laughs> yeah. You know, but. That's not movie magic. No. That's not interesting to people. Nobody no. wants to see that you're... No, people... Yeah, you get, you get people who will support you and, and yeah, oh, man, that's great, awesome, good for you. Yeah. But shut up. Yeah. Shut up about it. Number one, you can be... In, you're annoying people by doing yeah. that. And number two, 
you are literally if you're talking about your concept and you're sharing that yeah. concept around, guess what? They may not even mean it. Like mm-hmm. people generally don't go out to steal others' ideas. But if you hear a great concept, your brain holds on to that and mm-hmm. then it'll rattle around. Ten a, years from now. Ten years from now, it'll pop out as somebody's they brain. They do it a hundred times better than yeah. you. And they and, and and you never know. I mean, it's not a malicious thing. I mean, we are artists who are all, you know, actively creating. So it's like Sometimes that idea gets stuck in your head and you're just like, that's a great idea. Yeah. And then you build and then your brain just kind of morphs it into something else. But mm-hmm. it's so similar. Don't, and that person can really feel like you did it on purpose. Yeah. And you don't talk about it until no. you're ready to no. make it. Put together a package, get your package together, get your script made, get your cast and your crew figured out. Um, get that all put together and then start talking about what it. What I when think you're, you need to do is you need to prove that you that this is your concept. Yeah. You've done it. You're ready. You're, you've written it. You're ready mm-hmm. to do it, and they can't do it better than you. Yep. That's what gets people to uh, other writers. Yeah. When the script is done, people are usually very respectful. When a movie's yes. done, my, I'm not looking at my buddy's movie thinking like I could build on this. No, no. it's already done. It's, it's done. done. That's it. Yeah, you they did it and they did it better than you did yeah. because they had the full concept. Yeah. Somebody who just says, "Hey, I had an idea for this movie. What do you guys think?" You know, six, seven years from now, you may not have made that movie, but they may be making another movie. And they take that little concept that you're still rattling around in your brain and they do things with it that are like, oh, my God. Yep. And then you you feel like they stole your idea mm-hmm. or they did it better than you and you never got a chance. You, you know, you don't want to give anybody. A, no, I mean, this is this is kind of a negative thing to talk about. You know, I don't think to it say, is to say like, you know, somebody may take your idea, but that's something you need to safeguard yeah, yourself from. Yeah, I mean, it's honest. Yeah, it's honest. And I don't think people do it on purpose. No, I really don't. No, I they just don't. want to keep saying that. But it's, you know, it's like literally, you know, how many times have we been at a film festival already this year where it's like you see a short film and you're like, Oh my God, I just had this great idea. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like, I'm not taking that short film, but literally that short film like kicks darted something in my brain. And my brain was like, hey, mm-hmm. what if we did this? Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. And it's like, because we're artists, yeah. you know, we can't control where our brain and our motivations and our idea, you know, spews. Yeah. So from. you don't want to give somebody the idea before no. you even finish it. At yeah. least yours is done. Yeah. If they have another idea off of it, like they take that. Out of a 90-minute movie, yeah. one sentence, one line from a character oh, yeah. just sparked something because they had four other ideas that they couldn't figure out how to connect them, and that one sentence did it. Now they get their whole thing, but you don't want them doing that before you get yours yeah. done. I mean, uh, how often have we read a friend's script and we're like, oh, this is really great. You know what we could... And you're like, yeah, I'm not going to do it, though, because this guy's doing it. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right back off. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and again... You keep Having talking a and talking project. and talking. A film takes years to get done. It does. By the time you get it done, if you've been talking about it the whole time, people are tired of hearing about it. Yeah. Your friends. Yeah, you're going to get... Not even Your great people. concept could literally get people so excited. And then when you take six to eight months to deliver a finished script that's script polished... Script alone. Yeah. And you're going to shoot it for the next... People are like already over it. Exactly. And, and, and You know, you want to have that excitement, that, that first response to your concept... When you're done, when you're yeah. already, when you're, when you're raising yeah. funds, when you're low and you're your... talking about making your friends yeah. sick of it. The people yeah. who are your core supporters, yes. people who are going to, who are going to help you mm-hmm. get in front of others. Yeah. They're already sick of hearing about it. Yep. And it's like, you know what? I've been hearing about this for three years. Dude. I'm never going to get this done. No. I'm tired of it. Uh, oh, oh, you get a new idea now. Oh, great. Now we'll hear about this for the next three years. The last one hasn't even been done yet. Yeah. You know? 
you don't want to do that. You, you don't want to get people around you tired of hearing about you talking about things because this takes time. It really does. It does. We started shooting Theta in December of 2014. Yeah, it's 2017. We're just finishing our our, our, our festival run. Exactly. So you don't want to you don't want to start talking to them. We started shooting in 2014. Yeah. You know, you, I was writing it nine months before I started. Yeah, yeah. Nine months before that, I was writing it. So, so if you were like, he, 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 I have this really great idea, we would have been listening to it for, you know, how many years? Yeah, ago? I think I posted starting a new script, and that was it. That was it. And I didn't yeah, no. mention a single no. word about it for the next six months until no, we were I mean, casting. You do have to appear like you're interesting. So, you know, take a picture of a, of a page that has actually nothing interesting written on it. Maybe it's just like an exchange between two characters. I like, posted the title page. Day work. Title pages are just That's fine, it. too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but literally. It's also, but it's you, also to because, show that you're being active because people then are are interested in what you're doing because you're being active. Yeah, but the reason I did that too, though, is not just to stay active. Is because I am active. Yeah, I had we we had other films that we were promoting on top of that. Yeah, so this was like, oh wow, they're, they're, they just this did this festival, chum they in the just water. did that festival, and they're already working yeah, on the it's next throwing one. Chum in the water. Exactly. It's it's just another thing. Like, oh, they they have another one. Yeah. They're working on another movie. Oh, this is cool. We just saw this from them. That was really good. They do have another one in the work. Great. It's something to look forward to. Yeah. And that's it. It's just something to look forward to. Yeah. So people can see that idea fester over mm-hmm. time. But if this is your first or second like any movie, short film, feet, whatever it's you, you're just starting out. Yeah. Continuously talking about it just gets people tired. Yeah, you, you and, know, because you have no track record to prove that I've gotten things done. And before. here's another really great point that he brought up. Um, your investors, people who are going to give you money, we'll not even call them investors because that sounds big and scary and a lot bigger than than you know a first time or second time filmmaker is going to yeah. be dealing with. The people who are going to put money into your project, mm-hmm. people who are going to give you money. They are not going to read your script. No. They are not reading your script. They, no. it, it's all about your pitch. It's about your concept. And it's about your package. Yeah. You know, what's it going to look like if you have reference photos, if you have something that you can visually show them, that's yeah. what's going to sell them. And that's what's going to get you their money. Because yeah. people aren't watching a movie after reading the script. No. They're watching a movie after watching the trailer. Exactly. Which is essentially your pitch package yeah. done video. Yeah. You know, you've already shot it. You're going to do a trailer. Yep. You know, so you're giving them a trailer of your script now. Yeah. That's what they don't want to read the script. No. No, they don't have time to read 90 pages. No. So if you're if you're wandering around telling everybody your concept and telling them this and you're doing your pitch and you're doing it and you don't have a script yet, then when it comes to actually time to actually raise the money for the script that's now done, Mm -hmm. people are not going to be wowed as much because you've already you've you've already you've already given it away. They've been hearing it from you for the last six months. You've given everything away. Yeah. And they've already formed an opinion on it. And you don't want them to do that. Yep. You don't want them to do that. You don't want them to form an opinion until it's all done and you and you now need money. Exactly. Oh, great. That's a great concept. Yeah. And they write that check immediately. That's a great idea. I love this. Yeah. They write that check and sign that contract immediately. And before they can get disillusioned to buy it, mm-hmm. they've already given you the money. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's still a bit of a and now and now now now, now now they have actually interest in hearing about what you're doing yep. because now you have their money and now they want to know what you're doing. Um, so yeah, that's some of the really great points that we got in this panel. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'm just going to repeat from the beginning. Uh, it is all about having the right concept in the right genre mm-hmm. with the right producer, um, the right actor in the right role, mm-hmm. shot on a tight budget. Yep. With a limited crew. Okay. That is the key to 
And a lot of these things we've covered as well, your limited yeah. crew and your limited budget. Your, mm-hmm. You know, we've covered these things in the past as well. So it, it was kind of nice to sit in a panel and say, oh, okay, well, yeah, we're on the right track. We are doing things. Again, like I said, it's not the right or wrong way, Mm-mm. but we have the right idea. Yeah. It's we're we're going in the right direction. Yeah. You know, we're we're seeing things the right way. It was very very reassuring to see this person who is successful and is doing this. We're kind of going down the same path. Yeah, we have the right mindset about things. Yeah, there you go. It's the right mindset. We're in the yeah. right mindset. That's yeah. that's that's what I was trying to say. There you go. So, so yeah, we just wanted to. We thought it was a really great panel. Um, it ve- felt very validating and self confirming for us, and we just wanted to pass along that to you guys. Yeah. So. Uh, I think I think we're done. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna cut this one off before yep. we we ramble way too much because yeah. we already do that. So uh, that's it for filmmaking sucks for this week. Uh, go on over to your podcasting app of some sort. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to us already, please do subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play Music and uh, whatever. Wherever you're hearing this right now, if it's not off the website, which I, I doubt you're listening to it off the mm. website, why, who who does that anymore? Who, who goes to websites and downloads podcasts? Yeah. So wherever you're getting this from, please subscribe. Please go back to that. Hit hit that five star rating. Give us a give us a rating if you want to write us a review. That would be amazing as well. We'd love we'd love to hear that. Uh, anything, any type of review or especially a five-star rating gets us up in the rankings so people can find us a little easier. It goes a whole... Oh, I just came up with a really fun hashtag. Oh, no. For this episode. Are you ready oh, for this? Oh, no. Hashtag the right stuff. The right stuff. <laughs> oh, God. So are you are, are you referencing um, new kids or the astronauts? Both. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> if the new kids could wear astronaut outfits. No. That's essentially what that hashtag is about. No. Yeah. No. I think that's the right concept. No. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed this and got something out of this. Uh, we will hopefully talk to you again next week. Hopefully you'll be here and so will we. Yep. So that's it. Those are the two important components of this relationship. You <sighs> and us. Yes. <laughs> hashtag the right stuff. Hashtag the right stuff. <laughs> Get out there, everybody, and make good films. Good luck and good night.